You're listening to the Coast Watch Podcast, proudly brought to you by Tonic Polarised Eyewear. See what you're missing. Here's your host, Dave Gramble, and remember, don't destroy what you came to enjoy. G'day everyone and welcome to another Coast Watch Podcast. I'm Dave Granville, and today I'm going to read you an article about fishing for big snapper in shallow water on soft plastics. Sit back and enjoy and I hope you learn something. According to the Concise Oxford Dictionary, pelagic means belonging to the upper layers of the open sea. When we use the term pelagic, we're generally referring to oceanic speedsters such as tuna, wahoo and marlin, but definitely not snapper. After all, snapper are a bottom-hugging, reef-dwelling species, right? Wrong. Sure, snapper are attracted to reef, or any structure for that matter, but in my opinion, the real attraction for snapper, particularly large specimens in these areas, are the schools of baitfish that congregate over reef than the reef itself. Like most keen snapper anglers, I've been caught up in the soft plastics craze over the past few years, and there is no doubt in my mind that I can confidently outfish bait for both size and numbers with plastics. You just have to change the way you think about snapper. Now this is probably where I might lose a few listeners. Not another snapper on soft plastic story. We've heard it all before, I hear you exclaim. Well, I dare you to listen on because I'm about to reveal all my snapper secrets that are the result of many hours on the water. My techniques also challenge some of the traditional methods for catching snapper on plastic, so you never know. You might just learn something new. I'm going to backtrack a few years to when I used to bait fish for snapper. Indeed, the education process of how snapper behaves started then. In the early days, we fished for snapper in two ways, either drifting with paternoster rigs on the bottom or anchored up and fishing a burly trail. When drifting and fishing the bottom, we very rarely caught big snapper. But anchored up and burling, floating pilchards down a burly trail, we regularly caught quality fish. In fact, you rarely caught a small one. Of course, this method still works today if you can be bothered with the anchor and the bait. I always thought that the burly was bringing the big fish off the bottom and that's why the floating bait was so effective. I later learned that the big snapper were already in mid-water and that's why you would always catch a quality fish on the drop rather than on the bottom. As the years went by, I got more and more confident using my depth sounder to the point where I knew when I was marking snapper. All the big marks were mid-water and you could literally count the snapper under the boat. Let's fast forward to the current era and I'll explain why soft plastics are far more effective at catching quality snapper in shallow water than bait. I should also point out that these methods refer to my home waters off Queensland's Sunshine Coast where I'm generally fishing shallow reefs from 10 to 30 metres. That said, there is no reason why the same methods won't work in your home waters also. Although snapper will feed all day, it's no surprise to hear me say that dawn and dusk are the best times to fish. If you can combine this with a tide change, so much the better. Boat traffic can quickly kill a shallow water snapper bite, so if you're able to sneak out on a weekday, then your chance of success will increase again. Since I'm not much of a morning person, the majority of my snapper fishing occurs in the afternoon and evening. I've come to the belief that snapper inhabit the shallow reefs off the Sunshine Coast all year, but there is no doubt the cooler months from June to September are more productive. 
I generally don't bother leaving the river mouth much before 3pm as the last two hours of light is when the most action takes place. The first thing I do when I get to my chosen location is to have a troll around. The main reason for this is because I want to locate where the bait fish and snapper are holding. I have my head in the sounder while doing this and if I mark bait and or fish then I obviously place a mark on the GPS. I will fish this mark a little later with the plastics. While I'm looking around I generally troll a couple of deep diving minnows. Snapper will eat hard bodied lures and it is often another good way to locate feeding fish. The classic Dr. Evil is a great snapper minnow as it is fairly small profile but will dive to 9 metres. While trolling around not only are you watching the sounder but keep an eye on the surface for rippling bait. Believe it or not snapper will push a school of yellowtail to the surface just like any other pelagic predator. I've had some of my best snapper sessions by casting plastics into rippling yakka schools. If you aren't lucky enough to find surface bait then it's time to go back to where you previously marked subsurface bait and or fish and set up a drift. Both wind and current will affect the direction of travel. So I will always fish off the starboard side of the boat and turn the outboard full lock to port. By doing this each time, my drift direction shouldn't alter too much during a session and it is easier to position the boat over the GPS marks by monitoring the track on the plotter. Once the drift direction is established, start upwind of the mark as you will be casting with the wind and drifting towards the plastic. I will often start a drift 50 to 100 metres upwind, drifting in nice and quietly without spooking the fish. It is probably an opportune time to mention the tackle we are using, which will help explain my technique a little better. As we are casting light lures long distances, this is the domain of the spin outfit. You'll need a minimum of a 7 foot long spin rod that can handle 20 pound braid. A fairly fast action is the go. My favourite snapper rod is actually a little bit longer at nearly 8 feet, has a nice light tip but locks up midway down and has real pulling power. It has a nice long butt section for sticking under your arm and is super light. I can cast a very light jig head a long way and while it can still handle 15 kilo braid, I prefer to fish 20 pound braid. Reels of choice are generally in the 3 to 4,000 size. I used to fish with 15 pound braid and 20 pound leader, but I was losing quite a few fish in the rough terrain. Since upgrading to 20 pound braid and 30 pound leader, I've been able to stop the majority of those bigger fish that have the power to take you over the reef edge. Jig heads vary depending on water depth and wind strength, but the simple theory is the lighter the better. You want the plastic to appear as natural as possible as it wafts through the water column like a stunned baitfish. Generally one eighth to quarter ounce heads suit that 10 to 30 metre water depth. Hook size is generally 5.0 to 7.0 depending on the brand. Keep in mind that if you're going to fish heavy drag on 20 pound braid, it needs to be a fairly hefty gauge hook. As far as plastics go, any jerk shad style lure will do the job. I prefer the 5 inch due to the good hook exposure, but quite a few of my mates have had great success on the 7 inch models. I was really a big fan of Berkeley gulps in the early days and had a lot of success on them and they still work today. 
But since discovering the Z-Man plastics, I have no reason to use anything else. What I like about the Z-Mans is that I can catch several fish on one plastic, whereas the gulps are generally a one fish, one plastic lure. Maybe I'm just a tight ass, but at one stage I was spending more on gulps each trip than fuel for the boat. I haven't used them much myself, but a bunch of other snapper aficionados I know also swear by the squidgy flick bait. Okay, now we've run through the gear, let's get back to the fishing. Make the longest wind-assisted cast you can in the direction that the boat is drifting. Big casts achieve two things. It gets the plastic further away from the boat, which may spook fish, and it also gives the plastic more time to drift through the water column. Once you have made your big cast, engage the reel and wind up the slack. You want to be in contact with the plastic, but not actually winding it in. As you drift towards the plastic, all you want to do is remove the belly from the line. Be ready for a bite as soon as you engage the reel. Like I said, these are pelagic feeders, and I often get bit within a couple of metres of the surface. The majority of bites come from mid-water though, and if you're fishing in 20 metres of water, then expect to get bit around the 10 metre mark with regularity. A lot of the stories I've read about snapper on plastics over the years recommend a jerky retrieve bouncing off the bottom, but in my experience, the do-nothing method is more effective. In fact, so many of my bites come on the drop that I don't even bother working the bottom anymore, as all I ever got down there was snags or small fish. As soon as I reckon I'm near the bottom, I simply wind the plastic back up and cast again. I'm sure there are plenty of people that catch snapper on plastics using different methods, and indeed, there are no hard and fast rules. But after many hours and days trialling different techniques, the one described above is certainly the most effective in my home waters at least. Best of all, it's quick, clean and easy fishing with no bait, no burly, no anchoring and you're turning a quality table fish into a sport fish. Yep, snapper on plastics has definitely become one of my favourite forms of fishing. Well, there you go, guys. Hope you picked up a few tips from that and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Remember, don't destroy what you came to enjoy.